Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar. It's July. I, I happened to leave for a little while. I went to Europe, not a lot of baseball in Europe, and I came back and... Whew, okay, all sorts of things happened. And to help me set, uh, sort it out is my radio partner in the morning at Mile High Sports, Nate Lundy. Nate, how are you? I'm great. I can't believe it's July, though. Yeah. That's I, pretty I, messed up, man. I'm not going to lie. It went pretty fast. But once it's July, now, of course, you get the nice warm weather. Perfect uh-huh. place to go to the rooftop bar out on Tap 14, Ooh, 1920 yeah. Blake Street. If you're down watching the Rockies there, even if you're not, even if they're on the road, they're probably losing on the road anyway. So, you know, if they're on the road, you're going to make sure you can check that out too, home or away. Go to Tap 14, check out their beautiful rooftop beer garden, 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, a menu that rotates. It's locally sourced. If you're one of those uh, hipster type folks who wants everything to be uh, organic, it's just this is your spot. Tap 14 is the place to be. Uh, Chef Andrea Varela does a terrific job there. And they've also opened even a second uh, location as well. So, you know, for Tap 14, it's been going very very well and that's because i think folks like you and me have been going so tell your friends tap 14 follow them uh, on twitter and also catch them on the web at tap 14.com spell that out tap 14.com nate where the Rockies stand right now fourth place in the nl west uh, that part sounds disastrous the truth is they're only two games under 500 but their staff ace or at least the person they expected to be their staff ace is now in albuquerque yeah, aren't aren't they? Now correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they the only team up until now, the only team that has managed to have their starting rotation stay intact all year? Everybody else has had to do at least some sort of skip or a or a, a, an injury or whatever, but they've managed to stay intact. And now here it is, July first, uh, July second, and you've got John Gray. Uh, in Albuquerque uh, in the Sunday game uh, yesterday as we record this in the Sunday game Chad Bettis gets pulled after three innings um, and they they gave it a very fancy description something about fluid underneath a callus which doesn't that just mean it's blister a, it's a blister it's yeah a blister. I'm not, just I'm not to make sure it sound why cool I don't know how you have to make Chad Bettis sound tough. I think he's already proven, oh, yeah, he's, that. He's proven that so uh, this to me is going to be really interesting because this team has been able to know you know right or wrong ups and downs they've known what their rotation was going to be throughout these first you know three months of the year and now all of a sudden that's getting thrown in the air Kyle, to get an idea, you were exactly right, by the way. Kyle Freeland will start tonight as the Rockies take on the Giants at home. They'll take on Madison Bumgarner. That's a tough draw. Mad but uh, that would, that's, that'll be Freeland's 17th start, meaning that Chad Bettis, Tyler Anderson, John Gray, Herman Marquez, and then tonight, Kyle Freeland will have all made 17 starts and not missed a turn. The only reason it changes is because your staff ace gets sent down to the minors to work on things. John Gray, mind you. Now, it's hard to say by any way, shape, or form that he's had a good year. His ERA is 5.77. That's the worst of any of the Rocky starters. Oh, and by the way, only two of them are under five anyway. So it hasn't been great. But John Gray is fourth in the National League in strikeouts. This is a bizarre situation because we've seen him struggle so many times almost when we uh, almost going back to the wild card game last fall uh, against the diamondbacks atrocious performance there and, and it seems like john gray has all the stuff all the ability you want he gets batters out he can't seem to get out of his own way 
it's it's a moment-to-moment thing. You hate to use the term clutch. There's no stat for it. But it seems like John Gray hasn't been very clutch. Is that something you can get better at in the minors? Well, I don't know whether you can get better at it or not. I'm What I'm hopeful for is that he has one of those moments where um, you know, it, it's a bit of a wake-up call. Look, there are stars in the MLB, and I'm talking about star pitchers in the MLB, who have had to be sent down before. Um, because of problems. This is not this is not the end of the world. Is it concerning? Yes, of course it is. But it's not the end of the world. Other aces, other guys who are considered aces now, um, have had to have this in their careers before. John Gray, like you said, with all the strikeouts, but then the ERA, it's when he's getting outs, it's because he's putting some filthy pitches across the plate, and they look really good. The problem is when... When the batters are dialed in, when they're seeing the ball really well, or when he is predictable with the pitch that comes across the plate to where they're anticipating what's coming, that's where he's getting into trouble. And I don't know how much of that is John Gray, how much of that is the pitches that are being called. I think it's, I, I think it's primarily on, on Gray. But I think you're talking about a guy that when you go and you look at the statistics, there's, there's some of his stats, Sean, that are just frighteningly good. And then there are some of his stats that are just frightening. I think the the benefit, now there's a lot of ideas that he could work out since it's not physical. He could work out the problems at the major league level. But I think you you hinted at it. There's nothing wrong with John Gray. There's nothing wrong with his stuff. There's nothing wrong with his health. It's the space between his ears that's been the challenge. And that's not to say he's a head case or anything like that. But sometimes uh, in every sport, you know, putt, uh, guys in golf, they get the yips. They all of a sudden can't putt. It's not like they don't know how to putt. It's just in their heads a little bit. For John Gray, maybe he's becoming a bit too comfortable at times, and he's not being careful with every single pitch. And so when he finds himself in a groove, he lets up a little bit, he relaxes, and all of a sudden some guy cranks a three-run home run, which happens, but now then he kind of breaks down, falls apart, and everything goes awry. So that's what we've seen. I think moving him to the minors was the right choice because at the very least, if you know nothing's physically wrong with him, maybe it's the wake-up call to say, hey, man, this is the bigs. There is not a single pitch that you do not throw without purpose anymore. It doesn't work that way. And maybe that's the final piece of the puzzle for John Gray because he's got everything else. So maybe you do, and you're right for bringing it up. There have been, there have been better pitchers than John Gray that have been sent down for tune-ups at times. It, it happens. Uh, it's not ideal. It's not what you want. And it's not ordinary to be sure. But if that's the problem for John Gray that he needs to realize every pitch needs to count because – if you watch him this season, and even parts of times last season, that does seem to be what it's missing. Every once in a while, he just throws a pitch like, what were you thinking? Yeah. There's some times where, and, and you can even hear it in the broadcast, you can hear Spilly talk about it um, on AT&T Sportsnet. You've heard uh, uh, Jeff Houston talk about it. There's some times when they talk about it and go, that was just an ill-advised pitch. Um, well, look, sometimes that happens. And look, it happens to the best of them. It's, uh, we've seen it happen to Clayton Kershaw. We've had, I mean, it happens to everybody. And guys miss. You'll miss your sometimes spots. You just that miss. happens. But there are also some times where you go, good Lord, it's an 0-2 count. What in the world made you think you need to throw a fastball? Yeah, what even makes you want to throw a strike? What, what makes you want to throw anything anywhere near the box? Um, I mean, put it in the dirt. See if you'll chase it. I mean, that kind of thing. There's been some moments of that with John Gray, um, of, of just wondering where that pitch came from. Because at this level, obviously, the batters are going to make you pay for that. Um, and this is a competitive division. Um, you know, it is not 
as strong maybe as as we had expected and certainly not as strong as last year in terms of records. Um, but it's definitely a division that those little mistakes you're going to pay for. Um, and you're going to pay for it badly. And when the bullpen has not done well, it makes the kind of start that John Gray needs to put together that much more important. Because if Ottavino, who's had a couple of bad uh, uh, appearances here in the last four or five days, um, if, if he's slipping just a little bit, um, and has had a couple of those bad outings. If Jake McGee is not going to get it done when he comes in, if you're gonna if you're gonna have struggles with Shaw um, and all the rest of it, it's all the more important to get those quality starts out of guys like John Gray, especially a guy like John Gray who was supposed to be the ace. Yeah, and and I think you, the look the less said about the bullpen right now, the the, <laughs> the better. Yeah. I don't want, we even want to think about that at the moment. It hasn't been. Uh, Whew, that hasn't been particularly comfortable. But how much of this, when we when we take a look at it, because when I look at someone like Graham, we look at the pitcher, the pitches that aren't very good, and we look at things that are ill advised. Sometimes I take a look and say, "All right, it, the the pitcher is if, in the end completely responsible for the pitch you throw." Right. I, you don't have to let go of that pitch. You can shake that guy off a bunch of times. But how much of this, I wonder, falls on the catchers? And when you look at the number of catchers who have qualified innings, uh, Chris Iannetta is 11th, dead last among all NL catchers in qualified innings in catcher ERA. That's a particular stat of what the ERAs of his pitchers are doing when he catches. Iannetta is at 4.97. Tom Murphy, who's only been in 10, uh, 11 games, so that doesn't really count, 5.86. Tony Walters, who he uh, maybe gets about a, th- a third, and Iannetta gets two-thirds. Walters at 4.76. So the Rockies really... Uh, haven't had the best catching as well when it comes to the way that these teams perform. It's not as if one catcher clearly has some of these guys better or worse. So now I wonder a little bit, boy, is this just John Gray? Is this an approach from the catchers? Is it systemic? Is it the is the pitching coach? Where do they go? Because the Rockies pitching has absolutely let them down in the starting rotation, in the bullpen. About the only thing we can talk about that's positive is Adam Adovino's had a good year, even though he's had a couple blips of late, and that the Rotation has stayed healthy, but otherwise, this year has kind of been a slow motion disaster for the entire pitching staff. Yeah, it really has. And and like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you add in the you know uh, the middle finger blister that Chad Bettis has, um, and as he sits right now, he's questionable for his next start. Um, they they consider him day to day at this point. Um, that's going to add another challenge to this team. I mean, even if even if Chad Bettis misses one start, right? I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be out for weeks with a blister. I'm just saying if he misses one, um, that still throws everything into a loop. And and who knows? You can have a guy like uh, Antonio Senzatella come up uh, and perform well. Uh, and, and maybe you get a couple of good spot starts out of guys that are able to help you out. But, you know, when I when I was watching the game over the weekend and all of a sudden here it was the fourth inning and Chad Bettis was already out and I knew the news about John Gray had happened, you know, 24, 36 hours before, I thought, uh-oh, because you're right. This rotation had made it through the year so far without having anybody miss a start due to injury or anything like that. And that was pretty phenomenal. Let's be honest. That was pretty amazing. And unusual. And a bit a, fluky. A bit fluky. But what that had me concerned about was, uh-oh, now all this stuff's going to happen at once. Now you're going to go through this stretch where you've got problems when, frankly, the, the month of June was already a problem. 
Well, and you hope that's not the case. And obviously, that one thing's not connected to the other. It's sort of a superstitious feeling, but it does tend to happen over the course of a season. Teams have a certain amount of injuries, and it tends to even itself out. But uh, in in this case, we will see. Senzatella uh, will be taking uh, will be taking the start on Tuesday. He's been called up. He was not called up for John Gray. That was Armel Tapia. Senzatella will be on the mound for Tuesday, though. Ten game winner for the Rockies last year. Uh, only a couple appearances this year. Wasn't very good in those, although. Antonio Sensatella will rejoin the Rockies as their leading hitter in batting average. Yes. <laughs> so, at least we got that going. So there's us. that, at least. You know, he's, he's hitting 333 well, uh, is, on the season and uh, a very clutch RBI. Let's let's just hope this as we, as we you know, as we kind of put a bow on our little pitching podcast here. But let, let's hope this. Uh, everybody loves fireworks, Sean. Everybody loves fireworks. And there's fireworks on Tuesday night and on Wednesday night, July 3rd and July 4th. Double your pleasure, double your fun, lots of things exploding. Let's let's hope that's a good sign. People like fireworks. Maybe they just the vibe and the full stands and cuz you know these games will be packed full of people who want to see fireworks. Let's hope that it all aligns to be something good for the Rockies. Yeah, and the idea that maybe, you know, this John Gray is down, uh, Bettis maybe misses a start. Maybe he doesn't. It's a blister. It might not be a big deal. But uh, maybe, where does it sound, the, the shakeup for the Rockies in the starting rotation might shake something loose because sometimes you get in a routine and, and maybe a switch here. Yep. Who knows? Maybe yep. Sensatella goes out there and, and absolutely deals and looks like the guy that won double-digit games last year and, and it boosts the other guys a little bit. So who knows where it goes? The important thing is they've got to get it going now. Only two games under 500. It's not a disaster, but they are in fourth place. And now you get, by the way, you get the Giants. Oh, and Madison Bumgarner starts the opener of the series. So they get the three versus San Francisco. Then they go on the road to Seattle and then get six more at home. So the Rockies now uh, with a lot of home games prior to the All-Star break, nine of their final 12. They've got to start banking some yeah. of these wins. This is going to be a very important stretch. If you're going out to try to see the Rockies and you don't have tickets for the fireworks, <clears throat> I have the spot for you. You might have mentioned it earlier. Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. You're right near the park. You get to be part of the scene and everything. And, oh, it's a rooftop. So guess what you can do? You can look up well, where they shoot the fireworks. And, and you know, I got to be honest. You know, it, it, but the beers are I cheaper. Sit, I was going to say, as I sit here and, better. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, I've seen a lot of fireworks. Uh, and so they can have the fireworks. I'll take the beer. Yeah. Yeah, and they have 70 Colorado beers on draft for you right there. 100 distilled I mean, I Colorado have all spirits. 70 in no, one not all at once. Not all at once. Not, not all in one sitting, but I'll definitely sample them. That's actually one of the things I like to do at Tap 14. I go up there, I talk to the bartenders, um, and I like, I like IPAs, I like pale ales and, and the hoppiness and all that. And I basically say, hey, tell me what your favorite new one is. And I let them pick it for me. And you know what? They're usually right. <laughs> yeah, uh, professionals they're up there. They're usually right. They know so, what they're uh, doing. So make sure you check them out when you're down in Lodo, Tap 14. Uh, do a great job there. It's my favorite place to be downtown. Tap14.com. Spell that out, Tap 14. As for us, well, you can catch us at any time you'd like. We're on every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. in Mountain Time. Yes, that's a time zone. I know everyone forgets it's a time zone. 7 to 9 a.m. Uh, every weekday with our co-host TJ Carpenter. Mornings at 5288 Mile High Sports. You can also catch it on the app. Or you probably found this on a website. That same website. You can stream us live. So, uh, Nate, thank you for uh, dropping yep, yep. in today. Uh, we'll be back at it uh, on the radio. And yeah, fireworks. Hello, enjoy fireworks. your 4th of July. Woo. Be safe. Uh, as, as they said on Simpsons once, uh, enjoy the celebrate the freedom of your country by blowing a small part of it up. But, uh, you know, not yourself. And please don't say anything on fire 
That also goes for the Rockies pitching staff and everything in Coors Field this week. We'll check back with you later in the week. Have a wonderful holiday. This has been the Blake Street Regulars on Mile High Sports.